Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors and the stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. In 2020, they created Friends in Fiction to provide author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. Hi, and welcome to Friends in Fiction. Tonight is a very special night for us because it's the first time in 2021 that we get to celebrate one of our own. It is our dear Patty Callahan's very first Friends in Fiction launch. So Surviving Savannah, her 15th novel, is her first book since Friends in Fiction started last April. And let me tell you, we would not be Friends in Fiction without our dear Patty. So we hope you will come along on this special journey tonight as we celebrate her and dive deep beneath the surface of one of the most tragic and startling shipwrecks in American history, the explosion and subsequent sinking of the steamship Pulaski, the Titanic of the South, in 1838. I'm Kristen Harmel, and I loved the question at the core of Surviving Savannah, how do we survive the surviving? I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and I loved the compelling personal relationships and the beautiful language. Hi, I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and I love the mystery and propulsive intrigue of the story. And speaking of propulsion, the explosions had me gripping the book with white knuckles. I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and I love the rich Southern setting and the authentic feeling of being right there in Savannah and on the deck of that ill-fated ship. And I especially love the twist. No spoiler. (laughs) And I am Patty Callahan Henry, and I am the author of Surviving Savannah. Okay, let's have a round of applause for our Patty, the surviving Savannah. Brenda Gaskell has really beat us to the puns tonight. She already said Bon Voyage. So. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. So tonight, we want you to count all the ship puns because we have been on a roll, what, for the last 48 hours? Yeah. Um, I think we have come up with every ship pun possible, and we're going to try to roll them all out tonight. So it's going to be the dorkiest night of friends and fiction ever, and you're going to love it. (laughs) We invite you you to drink whenever you hear. (laughs) (laughs) The the only problem is you'll be blacked out by the end, and that's a problem. But okay, all right. So you've heard our, our names, right? But are we really those people? Tonight, maybe not. So hold on to your life jackets and step aboard the steamship Pulaski because we're about to find out. I'm your captain tonight. Don't you trust me now? And it's going to be a night like no other on Friends and Fiction. (laughs) Oh, just you wait. As Patty takes us aboard the doomed ship and lets us experience the explosion along with her passengers. 
I have to say, Kristen, you look like the captain in Tennille. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, lady, you're, you're going to be walking the plank yeah. soon, all right? <laughs> Guppy, isn't that what the... Uh... Okay, and don't forget for your snacks on board, you want to pack up your Mama Geraldine's cheese straws. They may not have been around in 1838, but they are as delightfully Southern and as delicious as Patty's beautiful book, Surviving Savannah. Remember to use the code FAB5 for 20% off at mamageraldines.com. And for your reading pleasure on the trip, perhaps aboard the Lido deck, along with Patty's new book, which should be on everyone's survival list. (laughs) Turn to Page One Books, a book subscription package that pairs all your reading hopes and dreams with the insightful picks of real-life indie booksellers. Find out more on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page and use the code FAB5 for 10% off if you're a new subscriber. I don't know, cheese straws and book subscriptions? Sounds excellent, but if my ship's boiler explodes off the southern coast in some dark, silent June night... I think I'm going to go for the lifeboard. Patty, can you give us our onboard instructions? Oh, these ship metaphors are saving me this week. They are the best. So with Kristen at our helm tonight, I say, yes, it's time. But first, before we untie the ropes and leave the wharf, I want to thank Nantucket Book Partners, including Mitchell's Book Corner and Nantucket Bookworks, for being on board with us tonight as our bookseller. I'm honored that they are here for our journey. You can visit them on the Lido deck above us, right above this video. And you can get 10% off on any of our new and upcoming releases, including Surviving Savannah with a coupon code FF10. And as a bonus tonight, Anyone who buys Surviving Savannah between now and Saturday will also get a Friends and Fiction luggage tag. They're great. And, yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. And you'll be entered to win a signed, personalized copy of Kristen's The Forest of Vanishing Stars Advanced Reader Copy. So, ladies, are you ready to set sail? Woo! The paddle wheel is rowing up. (laughs) They're waving goodbye with handkerchiefs on the dock, and we're ready to go. So out there, you see, I have made the other fab four here into my unwitting accomplices on a trip aboard the steamship Pulaski. It does not have a good nickname. It is the Titanic of the (laughs) South. We have no idea what they're in for or who will live or who will perish when it explodes, because it will explode. All they know is that many years ago, nearly 200 souls set out to sea and only 59 made it back. So once upon a time, not so long ago and not so far away, on June 13th of 1838, families arrived at the Savannah River Wharf to board a luxurious steamship called the Steamship Pulaski. They were escaping the brutal summers, the biting noceums, the heat, the boredom, and they were headed north. One of the financiers of the ship named Lamar Longstreet boarded the ship with his wife, his six children, his niece, and his sister. So sure of this ship that he was a financier for, so prideful of its ability to carry everyone he loved in one place. 
he settled in for a gorgeous trip. This was the fourth journey for the elegant steamship, and she was proud and she was beautiful. Her four-story paddle wheel and gilt-edged lettering waiting in the harbor for her passengers and crew that balmy summer morning. Are you ready? Let's meet those passengers now. Well, hello, I'm Augusta Longstreet. Always needed, never wanted, as far as I can tell. My fiance passed only months ago and I am now traveling with my brother's family north to escape the brutal summers of Savannah and to help my sister-in-law with her six children. Yes, six. Don't tell anyone, but the youngest, Thomas, is my favorite. Greetings, y'all. I'm Charles Longstreet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think I don't know that Auntie Augusta over there loves Thomas the best. (laughs) But I am the preferred in the family, the oldest Longstreet, and I have hair in my mouth. (laughs) And there will come a day that I will join my powerful father, the Ma, in business. He's a financier, stop laughing, a plantation owner, and on the cutting edge of steamship technology. Awesome. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Melody Longstreet. I am the wife of Lamar Longstreet, one of the most powerful men in Savannah. This morning, we left our fine house on Oglethorpe Avenue to board his ship. With me, I have my six beautiful children. <laughs> the oldest Charles yeah. and the youngest Thomas. I have packed everything we need for the summer social season in Ball Springs, New York. From the China to the silver, we will enjoy our long summer away from the heat and the biting insects. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Okay. <laughs> I'm Lily Longstreet, <laughs> my father Holden is Lamar's brother. I'm here with my husband, Adam Forsyth, and my baby girl, Madeline, and my nursemaid, Priscilla. I pack all my belongings for the coolest summer along with my secrets that only my beloved Aunt Augusta, my dearest friend and confidant, know anything about. Oh, y'all are. Um, <laughs> I wish I hadn't gone first. I mean, I should have done an episode. There's, there's still time. You're breaking there, character. You're, no. You're, oh, we can jump my. right in. Yes. Who is that talking now? At eight, this is the narrator. She's back at 8 a.m. The steamship pulled away from the Savannah River Wharf. Water <laughs> churning behind the wheels and the high whistle of the steamboat as passengers waved goodbye with white (laughs) handkerchiefs to their loved ones on the wharf. It it began (laughs) as a safe trip, a lovely trip to be precise. The steamship first arrived in Charleston to spend the night and pick up more passengers. It then sailed away again on the morning of June 14th with the promise of only one night at sea before they all reached Baltimore. The evening we were docked in Charleston, I spent the evening talking to Lachlan McMillan and imagining things I should not imagine with my fiance only gone now for but a few months. This morning we sailed for Baltimore and the day has passed as pleasantly as any I've ever known. 
after we left Charleston, my father took me to the boiler room where I saw the huge copper boilers that provide the steam that make the paddle wheel turn. <laughs> I met the engineers and Captain Dubois, who said he never sleeps at sea, so he gave father one of his cabins. I share a cabin with my auntie Augusta and my little brother, Thomas. With only one night at sea, I don't mind so much. Oh, what a beautiful journey we had to Charleston. We passed Tybee Island <laughs> and the beautiful shoreline of South Carolina. I drank champagne, and when I am nervous, I feel comforted by the lifeboats and the lovely adept Captain Dubois and first mate Hibbard. <laughs> <laughs> the women and the men have different cabins, even if married, that I could avoid my husband, Adam and his cruel hands. Yes, that's one of the secrets I hold. The charming, rich, and handsome Adam Forsythe, Madeline's father, and Priscilla's master, is both cruel and arrogant. I hide the bruises well, but Priscilla sees them on me and as I spy them in the same places on her, there's nothing we can do. By nightfall on the 14th, everyone retires to their cabins, knowing that tomorrow they will wake up and arrive in Baltimore. But below deck at 11 p.m., a copper boiler empties out and the second engineer pours cold water into hot copper. And everything changed in an instant. I awoke to an explosion. The ship shuddering and listened to the right. Smoke poured beneath my door. I grabbed Thomas and Charles, but our door was blocked by a rolling berth. We seemed trapped in our room. Auntie Augusta screamed for help, and Thomas cried and cried. It smelled like burning wood, and dare I say it, flesh. <gasps> well, the explosion woke me, and all I could think about or care about were my six children. Four of them with me. It was pitch dark, the ship leaning to the right, and all lantern light extinguished. The paddle wheels were silent, and the only sound I heard was screaming. We gathered ourselves, all five of us, and we ran into the galley, calling out for my beloved husband, Lamar. With the explosive sound awakening me, I believe Adam had found his way to our cabin with a gun. He let out his anger through the barrel of a gun more than once. But I soon realized it was the ship that was in danger. The acrid smell of smoke and the screams of combined voices brought me to my senses. I grabbed my baby Madeline and Priscilla looked at me for help. And what was happening? <laughs> what was happening is that in the middle of the night, in the middle of their lives, the steamship Pulaski exploded 30 miles off the coast of North Carolina. Now, each and every passenger on that ship, including the people you just met, must try to survive in the wilds of the Atlantic Ocean. And then 
183 years later, a crew of shipwreck hunters of endurance exploration dove looking for treasure and steamships and found the steamship Pulaski 100 feet deep, lying at the bottom of the ocean with treasure, gold, silver, china, coins. And my luggage tag. <laughs> and yes, Augusta Lamar's brass paid, plated luggage tag. Are you gonna tell them what happened to me? Or oh, to me? Or oh, to me and my six children? Or to me and my baby girl and my beloved nursemaid? What about the man I'm falling in love with? What about Lachlan? Or the captain and the crew? What about the other passengers? For that part of the story, our dear listeners, you must read the novel. You must. Their journey, their lives, and the <laughs> fates all unfold inside Surviving Savannah. You I am not going to quit. I am not going to quit my day job. <laughs> oh man! For the for for you for you out there, we did not practice this. I just gave it to them and let them go for it. So, speaking of the novel, I want to give a huge and wonderful thank you to Nantucket Books and Tim for a land that knows shipwrecks, Nantucket, Massachusetts. Yes. And so tonight, if you click above, up on the Lido deck, or go to Nantucket Booksellers, <laughs> once again, you can get a signed book plate and a luggage tag and be entered to win an advanced reading copy of The Forest of Vanishing Stars. All right, now, y'all, your captain's back. <laughs> so, Patty, I know the incredible, I seem like still talking in my horrible Southern accent. What's wrong with me? All right. <laughs> it, was, it was actually, it was really good. You it was actually really all. good. Actually, yeah. all of y'all were really yeah. good. Sorry, the beard. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> really good. Like, really I said, good. like I said before the show, you'll never unsee it. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your captain is back, everyone. Patty, I know the incredible amount of research you did for this story. And one of the things you did was make the first full manifest of the passengers on board the steamship Pulaski. So tonight, we let our fearless book club leaders, Brenda Gardner and Lisa Harrison, and our managing director, Meg, each choose a number from one to five. Each of those numbers was linked to a real passenger on the ship. Brenda drew number two, Lisa drew number three, Meg drew number five. And I know that doesn't mean anything to you yet, but it will, it will mean something at the end. So in just a few minutes, we will learn their fates. But first we have a few questions for Patty. So Patty, we would love to do these rapid fire so that we have time to get to some reader questions and some viewer questions out there. And by the way, I would just like you to know this sheds cause I've got this all in my mouth right now. I am talking around awesome. like a mouthful of fur. So just- so Where's you know. your wine? Wash it down. Where's your wine? I know. I don't know I really that you want to ingest that. <laughs> if I just the fall thing, over halfway through, you know, the things we the do build. for love, the the things we do for love that is so Pump true. The Pump the build. Pump the build. <laughs> that was a good one, Mary Alice. That was a good one, Mary Alice. Nice, nice. All right. Okay. So, Patty, this is our kind of rapid fire question. So, so quick, simple answers. Are you ready, okay. Patty? I'm ready. All right. Christy, why don't you start us off? Patty, can you tell us about the weird synchronicities that made you yeah. believe this story wanted to be told? But here's the challenge. 
You only have 60 seconds. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I do in 60 seconds. So here we go. When I first started, when I first started writing this story and I didn't know if I really wanted to do it, I was three weeks into my research when I found a headline that said endurance exploration has found the remains of the steamship Pulaski. And I knew I had to write it. And the second thing that happened is that when I was about two years into it and I was in despair and about to give up, they found Augusta Longstreet's luggage tag. Her real name is Rebecca Lamar. And not only did they find it, but it is the only luggage tag they found. It wasn't like they found a parcel of luggage tags. They found one belonging to the character I was writing about. I'm sorry, but that spirit just came in there, reached mm -hmm. up, pulled it out, and said, that is for you. Chill, chill bumps, I know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't give up. That and you guys wouldn't let me. So there you go. <laughs> kind of mean. All right. Yeah. My turn. How close did you stick to the real story when you wrote the novel? I stuck I, I, I stuck incredibly close to the real story, um, except for the modern day storyline, which is completely imagined. But the historic storyline sticks exactly to the timeline, to the um to what happened, to where they boarded, to where they exploded, to how many people survived. The one thing that I wiggled around a little is that the family we follow, the Longstreet family, is inspired by a real family. Look what happens when I try to talk fast. Is inspired <laughs> by a real family, the Gazaway Bug Lamar family. But I changed their names so I could not have to stick exactly to their biographical yeah. facts, mm -hmm. but the facts of the ship, I treated the ship like a biographical fiction. Mm -hmm. Everything you learn about that is correct. Mm -hmm. From the diving to the treasures, to the timeline, everything is fact. And it's all on your website too. Right? It, you can follow all the Yeah. I, I have that. a book club kit that has all the details and has a timeline of the night. I figured if I had spent three years researching that, you were going to have to see it. So Hattie, would, would you like us to take turns reading that in our in our character voices for the for the viewer enjoyment? That can be like a downloadable portion on your website. <laughs> we could do an audible book club kit. That would be Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Sign me up. There you go. Oh, sorry, Patty. You know, I love and know Savannah pretty well because I've lived here and worked here and yeah. written about it. But in in Surviving Savannah, you make that the city a character in its own right. Tell us about that. How how did you make Savannah in 1838 and 2019 come to life? Remember, 15 seconds. That's all you get. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> A lot of questions. <laughs> I know, but um, yes, I always believe, like the rest of you do, because we talk about this all the time, that that setting is a, is a character. But I also believe that it's not just a character. It's the soil from which the story grows. And the so water. the story... Yeah, like the Petri dish or the soil. And, and the story couldn't grow from into anything but what it is. And if you moved it to a different setting, it wouldn't be this story. That's how important Savannah is. That's why Savannah is in the title. And I did so much research into 1838 and tried to use 1838 and 2019 as mirrors for mm. each other. The mythology of 1838, the mythology of present day Savannah, and tried to tell a fuller truth about both of them. Awesome. You spent a lot of time in, in, the, in the museums and yes. the um, historical society, right? Yes. So 
that is absolutely what made this so much more about Savannah than it would have been. One of the most extraordinary things I discovered when I was writing this book was the value and the gems of the museums in Savannah. And between the Ships of the Sea Maritime Museum, without whom I could never have written this book, the Georgia Historical Society, where I sat at long wooden tables with those gooseneck lamps and puddles of light, reading newspaper articles from the 1800s, reading Augusta Longstreet's very real journal um, written by Rebecca Lamar in her tight handwriting script in these, yes, and so the knowing that I got to dig into those things of Savannah, the Telfair Museums, the Owens Thomas House and Slave Quarters, the whole story visually came to life for me because of those museums. That's cool. it's extraordinary to hear you talk about the research. And gosh, it, it just it yeah. shows in the book. It, you just bring the world alive. It, it's amazing. Oh, um, I want to remind all of you out there, um, this is your chance to ask Patty questions. We have her. We have her as a hostage on our ship right now. So like she's, she's here, she's here to answer your questions. <laughs> um, so, you know, th- this is, we're doing this in the friends and fiction group because you all are so important to us and we got, we want to give you sort of a front row seat, not just to our ridiculousness, but also to the author herself, Patty Callahan. So if you have a question, make sure to type it into the comments. Now we'll be asking in just a second. Um, but Patty, I wanted to ask first, you worked with the shipwreck hunter. How did that change yes. your story? Mm. That was so fascinating. The minute I saw that headline that said endurance exploration finds remains of Pulaski, I hunted him down. I found his name on the website. I called, I emailed, I called again, I emailed again. And finally he answered me. And I think it took him a bit to know I wasn't crazy, but then we had a blast working together. He would always keep me updated. He would send me photos from the bottom of the ocean. He would tell me the new and interesting things they found. And yes, what whatever I learned from him changed the story. Because we all know that the, our favorite part about research is that you find that one little thing that changes everything. That one little thing in your research that shifts the story or tweaks the story. And he would, when he called and told me about the pocket watch that was stopped at 11.04 PM, I knew that it was an integral part of the book. When he told me about the luggage tag, you'll see it's an integral part of the book. When he told me about the family silver, I worked it into the novel and it changed the novel. It also changed the trajectory of the novel because that silver that he found sent me to do more interviews and then learn more. Everything he found sent me even more into the world of the shipwreck and into the world of this story. So yes, working with him changed everything. That is incredible. All right, so we've asked our questions. Now it's time for some questions from other passengers of this great Mm -hmm. ship of ours. (laughs) Um, Anissa Joy Armstrong is wondering how you decided which passengers to write about since there were around 200 people aboard the ship. I decided to write about the Gasway Bug Lamar family for a couple reasons. One is because the father was a financier for the ship. So he was, he helped fund the ship. He was a stockbroker for the ship. And so I felt that he had such a deep connection to the ship that that was important for me. The second reason is because he was so prideful of the ship that he literally took 
everyone he was related to almost on that ship. He took his wife, his six children, his niece and his sister. And so if you're I knew that there was something fascinating in that. And I also knew that I wanted to follow the women. I wanted the women to tell this story. And I had the accounting from his sister, Rebecca Lamar. And the last reason I chose this family is because the oldest son who you met earlier in that beard survives this shipwreck. And in surviving this shipwreck, he you'll see in the book, he teaches yeah. us a lesson about fate and destiny and meant to be. Yeah. A surprise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that was a surprise. All right. Um, from the Lido deck, <laughs> Shelly Farahani is asking, what crossroads or watershed moment, internal mm. or internal, led you from the nursing professional, this is personal, from the nursing oh. profession to becoming an amazingly talented author? Oh, well, thank you. That's such a nice thing to say. There wasn't a watershed moment. There was a lot of um, small moments that culminated. It, it started with just being a fascinating, you know, an obsessive and fascinated reader to being obsessed with mythology, to writing in private, to the day that my daughter said she wanted to be a writer of books. And I jokingly said, that's what I want to be. And she told me I was too old. Oh, <laughs> so there was, yes, I think I was 32. Right. So there's, I know, Ancient, yeah, yeah. a five-year-old, you know, four-year-old thinks that's really old. So, yeah. so there wasn't this like one moment. There was, there was this desire that kept building and building. But thank you for saying that. Yeah. That was nice. Um, Captain Kristen, I have a lot of members aboard who are wanting to dine at your table tonight. So um, I will. <laughs> You're doing so good. Thank you. <laughs> um, the first, the first person dining at your table tonight. This is a quick question from Terry Stafford Stokes, who we all know. She says, "My husband and I have watched Friends and Fiction since the very first episode, and I'm an avid reader of all your books. Thank you, Terry. My hubby wants to know if he would enjoy this book." That's a resounding yes for me, but we maybe we yes. should let Patty answer that. Great yeah. question, too. Um, 100%. He would love this book. I think, uh, I mean, I'm biased, so I have rose-colored glasses on, but um, I think that there's enough adventure and you learn enough about the ship and about what happened. And we do follow the men and the, who are on the lifeboats and on the floating pieces of wreckage. So, yes, it's an adventure story. I just happened to tell it from a woman's point of view. So, but I know you're asking the live questions, Christy, but mm -hmm. I see a name in there. So I'm going to ask it. You do it. There's a, yeah. there's a question from G.R. Henry. Okay. And G.R. Oh. Henry is who the book is dedicated oh. to. Ross, I can't believe you're here. I am just. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So the book is dedicated to my son. George Rusk Henry, captain of the May River and of our hearts. Oh, um, and he asked, what most surprised you about the characters in this book? Rusk, that is such a good question. Way to go, son. You did um, such a good job with him, Patty. <laughs> you, at least today. He, what most surprised me about the characters in the book 
were their fortitude and perseverance in surviving. I just kept thinking I might have given up by now, right? Like it's day four without food and without water and I've lost some of my children and I'm watching people die. I might have given up. And the other thing that really surprised me was what I hinted at earlier, which is about um, Charlie Lamar is his real name, but in the book, his name is Charlie Longstreet, that he was saved and he was saved and he helped people. He was called the noble boy. And then 20 years later, he had a new nickname, the red devil. And I was shocked that someone who could survive something like this five days and five nights at sea could turn into a person who, who could earn the name, the red devil by being a slave trader and illegal blockade runner, he was, yeah. And so that shocked me because we have this idea that if we survive something and we're given a second chance, that we would do something good with that second chance, that we would do something with our lives. And that really surprised me. You know, it's that question I mentioned earlier that's at your, the core of your novel. How, how do you survive the surviving? You know, and what do you do with that? And I think yeah. that is, um, you know, it, it's interesting when you read historical fiction because you're not just reading about the past. You're reading about the past as a reflection of the present, the present day. And we've yeah. all survived something in the last year, right? We've all survived a difficult time. And that, to me, makes this book so, um, so timely. And, and it resonated so strongly, I think, because of that. Yeah, sometimes we talk about this a lot on the show. We don't know what the theme of a book is until we're either finished with it or about three fourths of the way through it. And sometimes we don't know what the theme of the book is until a reader tells us what the theme of the book is. Right. And um, for me, it took me a bit to know that this wasn't just about surviving. This was about what we do with our surviving. And of course, I didn't know 2020 was coming, but all five of us and most people we love and you out there have all been through something that we survived. And in in a lot of the books, they end there. They end with, we survived, yay, happy ending. But they so rarely talk about what happens after that, what happens what does your body do with the trauma? Um, Mary Alice's sister was one of the people that I interviewed for this book because she was a trauma expert. What do, what, where does trauma end up in our body? How do we choose? Do we choose to thrive or just survive? Do we choose to do something good with our survival? So we often talk about this whole idea of perseverance and fortitude, which is amazing. But then what's on the other side of that? And I wanted that to be something that I don't solve for you. I'll leave that to the philosophers and the preachers. But I wanted to ask the question and make you kind of think about it. Absolutely. All right. So I think Christy might ask a few more live questions, but I have an idea. We have been dropping the ball tonight and I don't even have a ship pun for it, but we've been dropping the ball with our ship puns. You guys, ladies, ladies. we've been dropping the anchor. The buoys are bouncing. We're, we're, we're adrift, bouncing. ladies. We're adrift. So <laughs> okay. all of you out there, pick up our Slack. That could be a ship pun because it's like a ship pun, right? Yeah, pick like up our Slack. The, yeah. And mm-hmm. so while, while Christy's reading the next um, live question or two, 
I want to hear all of your best ship puns that apply to tonight. Not, not just random ship puns. They've got to be something about surviving Savannah or I don't know the way we, there's got to be a ship pun about the way we just tanked that, uh, the, the, our, our, our acting, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> There have to be There's a raft of puns. There has to be a lifeboat. A or raft, raft of puns, exactly. So find your lifeboat. All right. So so that that is your challenge. And after Christy reads a couple more questions, we are going to be <laughs> ship pun drinking game status. I really prefer if you've been like first mate, Christy, for the rest of the show. Please. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So first, 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 a little bit Christy, first mate, Christy's going to read another question or two because again, Thank we're you. here for you tonight, all of you, our <laughs> wonderful friends and fiction community. But don't let us down. You have to give us some ship puns and mary Kay andrews and mary alice monroe i think are going to read those to you from the comments in a minute some of some of our favorites if meg wouldn't mind pulling them all right so christy you want to hit us with another i'm gonna ask a couple of like quick ones patty that we can just kind of get through so marilyn joiner wants to know if they brought up the pulaski so the pulaski was wood the Pulaski is gone. It has oh. been. Pulaski was a beautiful wooden steamship. So what remains at the bottom of the sea isn't like what you imagine with the Titanic, which was a steel ship, oh. a metal ship. This was a wooden steamboat. So what is at the bottom of the ocean are um, the copper boilers. That's why it was so hard to find for the shipwreck hunters. What are at the bottom of the sea are the copper boilers and um, treasure and artifacts Mm -hmm. and they're hoping to find the anchor they haven't found it yet and surviving savannah is throwing us a lifeline (laughs) love it it. that is a good one one. right now i'm just like (laughs) that's hilarious don't walk the plank there's um there's there's treasure and it happens (laughs) that's hilarious So there's this trail and because the ship blew up and okay, this is my visual image for us. The ship blew up on the starboard side and I was just thinking of a port and starboard pun right now. As you said that Christy, good job. (laughs) So it broke in half and, and it slowly broke in half. It went like this over 45 minutes, that bow and aft, aft and bow going up either way. So the, what they're finding down there, the person who asked is, is miles and miles of remnants of the ship because it took 45 minutes to sink, meaning it was dumping treasure and oh dumping artifacts wow. and jumping China and silver and, and all my silver and all <laughs> of the long street silver is at the bottom of the ocean. So they feel like right now they have only found 5% Ooh. Of the treasure and artifacts, which makes finding Augusta Longstreet's luggage tag even more astounding. They've only found 5%. So you don't, you can go on my website and see pictures of them um, at the bottom of the ocean looking. And there's no ship down there. It's just the remains of a ship. Wow. Um, Sharon Person wants to know, did you go to North Carolina where they found the ships? I didn't. I um, wanted to, and I was actually going to when COVID hit, but I was thinking about diving. Remember, Christy, we were going to meet there in Wilmington. And COVID happened. I was thinking about diving and then woke up. So, no. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, Christy, how about two two more, two more quick live questions and then we'll move on to our puns. Okay. Um, Lynn Coomer. Am I reading that right? Yes. Coomer wants to know which character would you most like to read most like to meet and interview from your book? Oh, wow. What a great question, lady. We got to steal that question. No no pressure since we're all right here. Yeah, I know, right? Who would I most? It would. I mean, it would have to be my main. You know, Augusta Longstreet, whose luggage tag I found, and who? Not I found, but um, and whose bless her and her um, and her because I have her journal. I I just feel very connected to her. You know, I have her accounting, Mm -hmm. handwritten accounting. Right. of the night. And I would love to sit and talk to her and say, did I get it right? Did I honor you? Did I honor your family? I would love to ask her that. Wow. Um, we have a lot of really excellent oh questions here, but one that we, but one that we really cannot um, let go is uh, Captain Kristen would like to know, would you like for us to all talk to you in our character voices from this moment forward? <laughs> no, no, I think we're good. I think we're good, just as we are. I think we're done. Right? I think we're Thank done. You. <laughs> All right. So that was fantastic. How fun. Okay. So Mary Kay and Mary Alice, are you up for reading some of these puns? Oh, my God. I've got, there's so many that I just, the one that I said is, uh, wait, where is it? But something about how, who is the man, the um, the the red devil was a bad boy. That was my favorite. The red devil became know. a bad boy. That's funny. <laughs> Teddy McMahon Pruitt says, y'all look starboard, but drink the poet. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I love that's it. so much better than mine. Oh, <laughs> Surviving <laughs> Savannah floats our boats. I, I love it. Oh, Mary, Mary Spearman. Spearman. Says, yep. uh, Earhart Williams says, oh, oh boy. I can't <laughs> wait to read Surviving Savannah. It sure sounds fast. <laughs> These are good, y'all. That's a good one. Um, listen, Sharon Carlson Person says, Patty is our cruise director. Do you not see me wearing the hat, Sharon? You're, you're, oh, you're the, the captain. Sorry. You're, you're the, the captain. captain. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. All right, Sharon. Okay, maybe I'm just taking more than Someone I should. All right, all right. We are rudderless. <laughs> We're rudderless. We are sometimes. We, we agree. Sometimes we are. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> all right. Write this ship, Captain Kristen. Right this ship. Back on so, course. All right, okay, all of you out there. Back on course. There you back go. Back on Kristen. course. All right. Stick around, everyone out there, because we have to find out the fate of our three passengers, Brenda, Lisa, and Meg, which is going to give you another little peek inside Surviving Savannah and some of the real lives on board. Uh, But before we go, or before we get there, these announcements. Well, for your onboard snacks, don't forget, Mama Geraldine's cheese straws will be served. For the Surviving <laughs> Savannah journey, we are having the most delightful Southern crackers and cookies. <laughs> and don't forget the Fab Five is the discount code for 10% off as a new subscriber. And also, we do thank Page One Books. If you love books like surviving savannah you tell them the kind of books you want these independent bookseller with years of experience and insightful picks and they will help you choose books that's page one books and also lisa and brenda and everyone at the official 
Friends in Fiction Book Club. I'm joining you on March 15th. We're reading so the fun. book club this month. I'm so excited. It's an oldie but goodie, and I can hardly wait to talk to you about it. And I just want to remind you that this Sunday at 5 p.m., we are going to have a special bonus episode with our friend Sadiqa Johnson about her stunning, beautiful novel, Yellow White. Um, read Surviving Savannah. You'll read it in a day. And when you're finished, pick up Yellow Wife because it is really, um, it's really a beautiful, beautiful story. And we cannot wait to have Sadiqa here to tell us all about it. And, you know, next week is St. Patrick's Day, and I am actually right now in Savannah, uh, where we are not having a parade this year. But um, I know. But here on Friends in Fiction, we're going to make our own parade and our own look. <laughs> not only are we going to have two amazing historical fiction authors, Jennifer Robson and Ariel Lahan as guests, but our very own Patty is going to share something else that's incredibly exciting for us and for you. She has a brand new novel coming in October. And next Wednesday, in conjunction with our friends at Parade Magazine, she'll be revealing the cover on their website and on our show. And, sh and she'll also tell us all about the book, which is called Once, about Once Upon a Wardrobe. So bring your green beer or your Irish tea or your <laughs> corned beef. And <laughs> uh, bring all of that and tune in next Wednesday or bring your Irish whiskey. Hello. Exactly. Bring it uh, Bring it all next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for a very lucky night indeed. All right, Patty, the time has come. Can you tell us the fates of Brenda, Lisa, and Meg? I can. And I have to say, bring them on. And while they're coming on, I have to tell you that. Hey. Hey. So glad you guys hey. are here to find out your fates. Don't let them watch the plank. That's not <laughs> not Don't put the pressure on me. Oh, Lisa, you're needed. I, you, we, we, we mentioned <laughs> that um, next week is St. Patrick's Day, and the pivot, one of the pivotal scenes in Surviving Savannah takes yes. place on, at the St. Patrick's Day parade. Yes, it does. So, Yeah. All right. I'm not going to tell you any more about that. You have to go read it. All right, ladies. So I do have to tell you that y'all are very good pickers. You are very auspicious. You chose well. So I'm going to start with Meg, who drew number five. And that means her ticket is a Mrs. Mary P. Nightingale. Mary P. Nightingale. You were the daughter of John A. King, Esquire of New York. And you were the granddaughter of the late and distinguished Rufus King. And because of that, you were in all of the newspapers. You are from Cumberland Island and you boarded with your seven month old daughter, Laura. And you were heading north to visit your relatives. Your husband, Phineas Nightingale of Cumberland Island, was the grandson of Revolutionary War General Nathaniel Green. Oh. Right? Wow. After the explosion, you made it into a lifeboat oh. with your daughter. Lucky me. And it is said of you, during the whole of the perils through which they went through, she displayed the highest qualities of fortitude and heroism. Oh, oh. Good job, 
You and your daughter made it to the breakers of North Carolina and were toppled out of the lifeboat. But you were saved by James Hamilton <laughs> Cooper of New York. Oh, wow. Wow. That was amazing. Oh, you roll your kids and your daughter. I know. Yay, Mary Nightingale. <laughs> All right. I feel like okay. I'm going to end up on the book cover. <laughs> For those of you who saw my first book covers, that, that, okay. So the next, okay, Brenda, you are James Hamilton Cooper Esquire. You boarded in Savannah, Georgia. You were the owner of a 4,000. 500 acre plantation in Glynn County, Georgia. When the ship exploded, you immediately made it to the lifeboats and boarded with first mate Hibbert and some others, including Mary B. Nightingale. With another lifeboat, you headed toward the North Carolina shoreline. The perilous journey took over 24 hours. And when you reached North Carolina, there were breakers six high in front of you. The first lifeboat went and toppled over. Ten people went under and not all of them came up. You had to make a decision with first mate Hibbert whether you would take this lifeboat over the breakers or wait for help. You decided to take it over the breakers. You were not only a hero in helping navigate the breakers, but in helping the women and children on the lifeboat. You saved the life of Mrs. Mary King Nightingale and her seven-month-old child. Thank you. And you survived to then write a full accounting of the night from your point of view that was published in the Historical Collections of Georgia. You wrote about the scene that you called wild destruction. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Way to go, Brenda. Don't they? So, y'all, when I was doing these, of course, I didn't have to do this because the novel's done and out. But I got very obsessed with finding the fates. I've done 15 of them, but we picked out five for tonight. And y'all picked wow. good ones. All right, Miss Lisa, you ready? <laughs> yes, Your name is B.W. Fosdick, which is kind of an unfortunate <laughs> name. <but laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you were from <laughs> you were from Boston, Massachusetts, but you had a very large family in Savannah, and you boarded the ship in Savannah. When the ship exploded, you persevered in the water over and over, swimming and making it from plank to floating plank. Wow! And eventually wow. onto a floating piece of wreckage. You floated for days. You were not on any of the major flotages, the aft deck or the promenade deck. You made it after three days to the shore of North Carolina. When you finally arrived in New York on June 25th, 11 days after the explosion, you gave a statement to the New York Journal of Commerce. And you said, the New York Journal of Commerce said, he is, in a good measure, recovered from the wear and tear of body and mind, occasioned by the horrid scene through which he was called to pass. 
And you said in your accounting, all that I saw and heard, neither language can paint nor tongue can utter. And you survived to live a full life. Oh, oh, I love that. Oh, I my love gosh. Goose loves you. We have a use of gosh. Facebook person saying goosebumps. Me, too. Me, too. Me too. Oh. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, ladies, so I might have changed my name, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, number you picked is, <laughs> the number you picked is the number you picked, baby. But, um, <laughs> Yes, I have a I have an event in Charleston tomorrow. I'll get to see our Mary Alice. I'm so excited. And um, her, what she did was have 15 tickets with names on them. And the people who are going will get at the end of the night, they'll find out. So I really meant to go through and do like do like survived parish, survived parish. Y'all, I fell down rabbit's holes. You would not believe. I can tell them how many children they had. There's some people you can't, but. But the ones y'all picked had interesting stories. You picked well. So we're listening to the stories. They're really fascinating. Yeah. Suspenseful. Yeah. I gosh, I feel breathless. Put them out somewhere so we can all follow. Oh, I will eventually. I will eventually. Yeah. Is yeah. someone saying they're not going to go on a cruise ship? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you will go on Mama Please. Make sure they have enough lifeboats. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, we don't often have six foot seas on the coast of North Carolina. So it was just like a string of bad luck all the way around. Yeah, so, no kidding, right? Well, exactly. it wasn't yeah. even the seas were that high, Christy. It was when they hit the shoals off Onslow County. Yeah. You know, those. The breakers right there. The breakers yeah. were 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 breaking five yeah. and six feet high. And I they couldn't get over I mean, them. I mean, we might have six foot seas like way like way out there, yeah. but like right. on the shore, that's pretty crazy. Surfers, yes. Mm. All right. Yeah. So Brenda, Lisa, Meg, thank you so much for joining us and stick I'm around. So glad we, you we're, chose we're, oh my gosh, that was so fun. Yes. Thank um, you. And guys, I'll, I'll see you all of day. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as, as a reminder, Elisa and Brenda are the amazing women who run our book club. Um, and they're hosting Mary Alice on Monday for a chat about um, about uh, the book club. And I almost said the beach club. I don't know what I'm talking about. The, <laughs> no. the beach club. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and next month, they're going to be talking about Patty's Surviving Savannah. So if you pick up the book after hearing about it tonight, or if you've already bought it, you'll have a great chance to talk again again to Patty face to face, just like this in a really dedicated session where you can talk all about the book. So Patty, you did not think we would let you go that easily. Did you? So we all love you and we all want to see this book fly off the shelves. A reminder to everyone out there, pre-sales and first week's sales count for a lot in the publishing industry. So if you're interested in Patty's book and think you might read it eventually, now would be such a great time to order it or to put it on hold at your library. That's just my little PSA. But Patty, I want you to have the final word tonight. Okay. And actually, my question is not about your book. I think you've told us okay. so much about it. We have everything we need to have those goosebumps and those chills and run right out and get it. But I want you to talk to us tonight about this wonderful group, about the viewers who show up, wow. the readers who interact on our page, and all the wonderful people out there, all of you who show us so much support. We appreciate it so deeply. And Patty, I want to ask you tonight, what has Friends in Fiction meant to you over this last year? Oh, wow. 
I'm not sure, says the woman who writes books, that I can (laughs) find the right words because it's very much of a of a feeling, a, a settledness of knowing that we set out to do one thing and build just a little community among the five of us and, and bond and get through something. And instead what happened is the energy and the love and the, the obsession with books and reading, it just grew and grew and grew and, and, and created something so beautiful, this community. And I bet I've said to the five, the other four and Meg, the five ladies, 10 times over the past three days, I don't know what, how I would have gotten through this without the support of this community and them during a time of releasing a beloved novel I've spent years of my life working on during COVID. You all, to all of us, I know I'm not just speaking for myself, are, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to say it, you're a lifeboat. Just going to have to say it. All right, here we go. <laughs> Look, some brave soul wants a friends in fiction cruise. Oh, oh, oh man, that is brave. Just great. Nobody wow. go near the boiler. No one, no, no one go Do near the boiler. boiler. Ship fun drinking game status, texting my exes, all of them. That's oh. amazing. I love it. All right, Patty. Let's have a round of applause for our Patty Callahan. And for your acting. Oh my gosh. Patty, we are so, so proud of you and so happy for you. Everyone out there, I hope if you haven't picked it up already, you'll consider doing so. Surviving Savannah is just such a beautiful book. And to all of you out there, thanks as always for joining us. Remember, this is your captain speaking with one final reminder to locate your life vest and immediately order Surviving Savannah so that you don't miss your chance for the lifeboat. Have an amazing night and enjoy Patty's gorgeous new book. We are so proud of her. And as always, we are so grateful to all of you. Good night. Thank Good you. Night. Cheers. 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 Patty on the launch of your Cheers. book. Patty. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.